question. Today we're going to be talking about self-love languages. Okay, so the other day I was discussing this topic with some friends of mine, and I thought it would be a cool topic to talk about on the podcast, especially because it has a lot to do with kind of how I've been feeling lately, so I thought I would share some things. And to start, let's explain why I think this topic is so important. All the time we're watching these TV shows and we're talking to friends and it seems like everything kind of revolves around relationships. And a lot of times when people are talking about relationships, they're talking about their relationships with everyone else and whether it may be romantic or with friends or whatever. And really what we seem to forget about all the time is that the most important relationship we have and as fucking cliche as this is and as much as repeated on social media by all these influencers it's true the most important relationship you have is with yourself that's the one person if you really think about it like this is the one person you're going to be living the rest of your life with this is should be your best relationship not only that when you are forming a relationship with yourself and you are working on it, it is going to set a foundation for how the rest of your relationships in your life are. So if you have a very bad relationship with yourself, this is going to reflect on generally anything in your other relationships. So I want to start with that. People don't emphasize this enough. I don't think people focus on this enough. I think we get much more upset about issues in our relationships with other people, then we get upset about issues with our relationship with ourselves. When most often the relationship with ourselves and an issue that we have with ourselves is usually the base of that. Now, I just made that sound so complicated, but I'm trying to say is that oftentimes the issues that we have with other people, really the bottom of it, like the root of it, is within ourselves. And maybe this is obvious to some people, But I really don't think people think about this enough. But anyways, let's talk about self-love languages. Because love languages were like this huge trending thing on TikTok. And everyone was looking at it. And I personally love it. I love talking about it with my friends. I love reading what it means because I think it's so accurate. So my love language is quality time. And recently, when I found out about these self-love languages, I was like, wow what does this mean for me, right? So if my self-love language is quality time, like what is some things that I should be doing? And, right, so the other day when I was with my friends and we were talking about this and I searched up, I found out that really what I should be doing to build a better relationship with myself is spending time alone um, on in and working on like hobbies that I like and doing things that I love, meditation, creative time, taking myself on dates and relaxing. And when I read this, I was like realizing something that really I already knew. But I didn't realize how important all these things that I had been doing were. How, where do I start? There are so many things to talk about. The first thing is back in November, I went on a trip to go visit my best friend in Florence. And while I was there, she had classes and I had some free time. So I actually took out my, I took myself out for lunch by myself. I walked around Italy by my, I mean, by through Florence by myself. And I had the most amazing time. It was really like a really reflective time, but it was really one of the first times I think that I've enjoyed spending time with myself. 
because I think the only, the other times that I was doing that, I was just doing it as something that had to happen or something that, you know, I enjoyed or I needed to recharge and be able to spend time with other people again. And so I started really thinking about this. I started really setting goals to hang out with myself more often, do things by myself more often, because I really, I, I was like, I really just enjoy my own company. And it's quite amazing to think that because think about it again, kind of silly, but really all these people that you're spending time with, like you're, we're always constantly thinking about them and how we feel about them. But do we ever really want, and maybe how they feel about us. I don't think we ever try to see things from their perspective. Do you know what I mean? Like, do we ever think about what it would be like to hang out with ourselves? And really, that's what I started thinking about. And I was like, I actually love hanging out with myself. I'm going to do this more often because this seems to be good for my mental health. So that's the first thing that I wanted to say is spending time with yourself, especially for me, since my love language is quality time. Apparently, me just doing things by myself is very helpful for me. So that's something that's really important. Being happy by yourself and being able to do shit by yourself. And honestly... Sometimes even having a better time by yourself than with other people. Although that tends to be a bad sign. And <laughs> let's not compare those. But anyways. Um, so the next kind of step on this journey, I think, was... I mean, I've, we'll go back to habits. But that's something that I had always been trying. But really only stuck every once in a while. And it really wouldn't stick like this. But anyways, we'll get back to habits. But I will talk about um, being self-aware. So I think that one of the pillars of self-love is self-awareness. Being able to evaluate how you're feeling. Why you're feeling like this. How your environment affects you. How what you're doing to yourself affects you or what other people are doing to you. Although that goes into the category of environment. And just really being aware of the little things that can make you happy and how they affect you. You know what I mean? Like just you constantly knowing what your body feels like and what how everything affects you. It's going to make you learn. It's going to make you learn how to be happier. How to make other people happier. And how, how, and you know, really learn about yourself. What you are like what you need, what you want, and how to fulfill, fulfill these things. I can't speak. But, yeah, how to fulfill these things and how to fulfill your goals and stuff like that. So really, self-awareness is super important. And back in January, I wasn't having a great time with my mental health, like in the beginning of January. I think a lot of people weren't doing too well. But I was getting into this really depressive mind state and I have a, a really big tendency to have like seasonal depression and I have been trying to avoid it like throughout the, like the entire like beginning of winter and stuff and I think I don't know if I've talked about this before, but the main way that I kind of did avoid it and it kind of worked was romanticizing winter. And actually it ended up working so well that now it's like almost spring. The weather's getting good and I'm kind of enjoying it, but at the same time, kind of not wanting it to happen because now I love winter and I love the cold. Like I romanticized it to, to such an extent that I fell in love with it. And it, so it doesn't affect my mood as 
as much and actually now when it rains or when it's cloudy my mood actually gets better so did I just like I don't know what I did to myself in the past few months but it worked but anyways so I have a very big tendency to uh, have that and it was also because in the beginning that there was just a lot of stuff going on in the beginning of that month and um, I just wasn't in a great place and right I was trying to kind of do what I did with the winter thing where it's like finding the good and the bad or just finding these little things and how they would affect me again I'm really complicating this but essentially to summarize it I started making a list of all these little things and how they would make me happy and so every time that I was getting into that kind of like depressive mindset I would go back to this list and do something on that list right okay I'm gonna read you the list I don't know if you guys can add this to your own lists maybe you haven't made a list maybe you're thinking about making a list I'm just trying to inspire people here so one of the things that I put was long walks the second one was um, an artist that I was listening to during the time that really, really calms me down. The third thing was getting out of my room. I think we don't realize how spaces affect us sometimes. Like, we're aware of it, but we're not really aware of it. And sometimes you've been so long in a space, you don't even realize how bad it is for you. And that goes with everything in life. We're really creatures of habit. We get used to things really easily and sometimes we get used to things that are not exactly great for us and we stop noticing how bad they must be for us. And this honestly goes for spaces and this goes for relationships too. We get really used to things. Sometimes we don't realize when things are not good for us anymore. So if you're in a space and you're entering this kind of like rut, this bad mindset, the first thing that you can do just get the hell out of there just get out get out of your room go to another space and uh, if you don't have another room to go to get out of the house (laughs) and right the next item on my list was taking a break Uh, a lot of times when I am really depressed I try to force myself to do work even when I can't and this is what's so good about self-awareness It's kind of like going for a run. You need to know when you can push yourself, but you also need to know when you need to push it back, when you need to, um, not push it back, but take it, take it down a notch. You need to know how to take a step back and how to rest. And that's the thing about this is sometimes we're in a really bad mindset and we're trying to make ourselves do some kind of work and we really shouldn't be doing it or we've been doing it for too long and we actually just need a breather no matter how long that breather is the work can wait sure maybe you're working on a deadline but you'll find the time and you'll learn how to manage your time better but breaks and mental health over everything that's what i'm trying to say the next one was black tea and the next one was tea wow I love tea but it actually just warm drinks in general tend to make me really happy if I just get a warm drink and a blanket I'm just I'm having the time of my life um the next one was reading I've been finding actually I will be talking about certain things that I've been doing every day for the past few weeks but I will mention this now um taking the book that I'm reading and like maybe I come home from class and I don't want to go straight into studying or um or I'm just 
I don't want to do anything that day or I just want to reorganize my life so I can have some time for myself. You know, you know, you just kind of detect when you need that. What I've been doing is I've been getting my book and going outside to my backyard and just sitting in the sun. It's actually really nice for right now in Madrid to this extent that like the sun during some parts of the day is really warm. And how, how am I, why am I making it so much more complicated? The weather is just really nice in Madrid um, right now. Like I know it's kind of cold for some people, but it's kind of like exactly how I want it to be. Like it's cold enough that you can be in the sun and you cannot be sweating your tits off. <laughs> like the sun is shining and you just feel, feel warm but in a good way. You know what I mean? It's not killing you, which is um, something that tends to happen during the summer. But anyways, going outside reading in the sun is so good for me, honestly. It actually lifts my mood like so easily. It's crazy. And I think that making sure that you're getting the right amount of sun each day is super important because really it does make me happier. I do notice how it changes my mood and how it just changes the rest of my day, usually. Really gives me such a different mindset on things. The next one is driving. Ever since I started driving, I've totally used it as a way, as literally therapy. <laughs> like, if I'm mad, I would go in the car and scream. And I would listen to some music. I always just blast music in my car. You know, if you need to have a conversation by yourself, have a conversation by yourself. Maybe you sound crazy, but look, who's going to listen to you? Absolutely no one. Absolutely no one. And I'm so sorry about the fact that my notifications have been sounding this entire time. But anyways, um, no one's going to listen to you. So just, you know. And also going for just really long, calm drives, listening to some calm music, really good. Drives during sunsets, drive during sunrise. Um, yeah. Slow drives. Fast drives. <laughs> if you're on the highway, of course, don't speed. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Drives just always really helped me. And also, I completely forgot, but just getting in your car and fucking crying. It's great, man. Just turn on some Taylor Swift, you know? Anyways, next one. Opening a window. See, this is what I meant. Some of these things are bigger than others, but some of these things are really small details. But really opening a window, completely, com complete change of my mood. Like, literally you can open your window, you can hear, hear the birds outside, or the noises outside, and some of them are going to bring you joy. Maybe some of them don't, you know, kind of go with it. <laughs> Let's not get too angry, but, the, like, the air in the house is just going to have a little reset. Um... If it's been raining, even better. Always open the windows after it's been raining. It smells fucking amazing outside. Um, just opening a window. This is what I'm saying. Sometimes when we're in these depressive cycles, we don't even know how to do the smallest things. And that's why I made this list. Because whenever I am in this cycle, I don't remember how to take care of myself. And I need something too. So I know how to come back to this notebook and read it and what to do. So, getting out of the space that you're in opening a window, you know, change up the space, change up where you are. The next thing in mind, list, um, lavender. <laughs> lavender has helped me for so long. I actually used it in high school to such an extent that I once 
literally drenched myself in lavender before a math test that I was so anxious for back when my anxiety was really bad. And one of the kids coming into the class that I did not know him, but like, I mean, I did know him, but like we weren't friends or anything. He just turns to me and he goes, huh, lavender. He just walks past me and that's how strong I smelled of lavender. It is amazing. I use it to sleep better. I used it so much during exam time. I use it in my oil, like essential oil diffuser. So my room will smell better. And it just honestly, it's so good. And even just like smelling it will make me happier. Like for example, like I put it on my wrists the past two nights to go to sleep because I've been having kind of like a bad time like sleeping. And so much that it like got, the smell got on my sweatshirt and I actually put my sweatshirt on today and it smelled like lavender and I was like, yes. Like, yes. <laughs> Next item on the list was romanticizing. As I said, this literally might make me delusional and maybe it's actually worse for me than it's good for me. But so far, I have not had any bad effects of it whatsoever. I mean, if you don't take it to an extreme, like if you don't go fully delusional, it's it's good for you. I just know it is because I have been changing my complete mindset about everything. Like I romanticize like my routines and even like the smallest things in life so much that I've learned to love them so much and appreciate them and just feel so good about them. I romanticized winter to the extent that I now love it after literally 19 years of despising it. Um, I also romanticized fall, but fall is really not that hard to romanticize in my opinion. Um, and, and really, and like, I, I know it sounds weird that now I just love it, but like, not only do I love it now, I, it's just like, it's completely changed. Like you guys don't understand. I love going for walks when it's freezing cold. Like when I cannot feel my hands and I have to literally wear gloves. And now it's not that cold anymore. And I'm honestly kind of sad about it. But anyways... I my wardrobe kind of changed to the fact that I like my winter clothes a little bit better than my summer clothes now which is so weird because I've always been the kind of person that I've always thought that my summer style represented me the most and not my winter one which sounds weird as hell but I finally like the clothes that I wear, wear in winter and I feel good in them and I love feeling the cold on my face and like I love cloudy days. I love the rain. Like, you don't understand, okay? I'm, I don't want to go on about this. Romanticizing works. Just do it. And like, for example, the other day I was talking to my friends about traveling by yourself and how much it's amazing for you. And one of my friends was like, oh, but wouldn't you get bored? Like, what would you do? What would you do? And we were like, you just got to romanticize it. You got to be the main character. You got to put that, got put your headphones on and put that music that sounds like it's out of a movie. Really just romanticize the shit out of the trip so much that you're in a movie and you're going to have the best time of your life. Like you just are. Anyways, next item, crystals. We're not going to talk about that. They just make me feel amazing. <laughs> they just do. They really help me. I meditate with them all the time. Sunset drives. We've talked about drives um, before. Podcasts. A specific Portuguese podcast and a specific YouTuber um, on Book YouTube. Book YouTube literally is so fun to watch. Literally fight me. It literally when I was having this like kind of like depressive episodes in the beginning of January. Um, I would watch like book YouTube videos to make me happy and to get me out of that damn loop that I had in my head and it fucking worked 
And now I use it as a coping mechanism. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with it. At least I don't think so. But then again, I'm not a professional. And podcasts, um, I have to say, I have established a new routine with a podcast that is amazing. And before I had it with a Portuguese podcast, which I can recommend on here, but I really don't know who's going to listen to it, but it's called Hotel. It's by Luis Franco Bastos. And it's so funny. It's so hilarious. And I started listening to it every day while I was brushing my teeth and doing my skincare before going to bed so much that I had gotten into this routine that I was like kind of like getting into a story and laughing a bit before going to bed. It was really great for me. And now once I finished, I mean, I finished that podcast because I had been listening to it on and off since August. Once I started listening to it every night, I finished it pretty quickly. But I started listening to one in January, I believe, um, every night. And it's called Hello from the Magic Tavern. Uh, I think it's by, I'm checking, Arnie Niekamp. But it's honestly a great show and I totally recommend it. It's so funny. It's a little bit weird at first, I have to say. Like, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get into it. Especially because, you, you know, after, for example, after you finish, like, a really good book, afterwards you kind of get into, like, a reading slump. Because it's like, how will I ever move on from this? No, but literally that was my feeling after finishing the part first the Portuguese podcast I mentioned. But um, th this podcast is definitely great, and I've been listening to it every night. I'm on, like, episode 28 now. It's just really fucking funny and really well done. So, the next part, I wanted to talk about something that I've been starting to do in the past couple of weeks. I got inspired by Sophia Kelly. She's, like, an Instagram influencer, and I saw it in her stories. She also has a great podcast, but... I saw this on her Instagram stories. Basically, she does weekly daily goals. She just writes them in her notes app on her phone. So I started doing it. I was like, this can't hurt, right? Um, and actually, I had been having trouble implementing habits for a while. I mean, I used to do bullet journaling, but at some point it wasn't working. And honestly, for the past year, it's been really hard for me to create new habits and like personally grow and take well care of myself. I feel like I wasn't really growing in that section there were just a lot of things that I kept setting myself up to do and then never doing I was a different version of myself I really wasn't committed to those things and it I don't know uh there's just uh like I kept writing habits that I wanted to implement and writing all these things down but it was kind of like I knew I wasn't going to do them and then I ended up not doing anything I just like I don't know who I was but I was in a rut anyways I think this list is getting me out of it. At least that's what I feel happening. It did happen a bit, a bit in the beginning of the school year. Like, I did get out of it for a bit. And then I think it was a bit better afterwards. But right now is when I'm really feeling that I'm actually doing shit for myself. Anyways. So, I'm going to share with you guys some of the goals that I've been setting up for myself. And how great I've been feeling doing these things. So, literally the past few days in my journal, I've been writing down... Oh, I'm so proud of myself for taking such a good care of myself. And it's literally so true. Like, I've been taking amazing care of myself. And I've been feeling really good because of that. And, you know, how you feel sometimes is a roller coaster. Sometimes when you're going through some things and you're healing and stuff. But being aware of what makes you feel good. And having those routines and those habits set up that you know are going to make you feel good. Are just like a good ass safety net to always have. 
So anyways, let's share some of these things. The first one is journaling, as I just talked about. I used to do it like a lot of times, but I think I would mostly do it when I was sad and I felt like I needed to talk about something, but now I've been doing it much more. And honestly, it really helps, but I've always said this, journaling is amazing. And um, I feel like sometimes it's kind of like doing therapy to yourself and really you get a lot, and I shouldn't say that, but it's it's kind of true. And uh, you get a lot of epiphanies and you realize a lot of things by writing by writing it. And I also think that I'm one of those people that's always wondering how to heal and stuff like that and how to move on through certain, like past certain things. And I think journaling definitely helps because you are working through it. You know, people always say like it's best to talk about something. When you're journaling, you are talking about something. It's just to yourself. And it's also much more slowly because, you know, you're writing with your hand unless you're typing. Then I, I don't, I write with my hand. I have a notebook. But the point is, it's slower. So I'm processing things differently and I'm writing things differently. And it really just putting my emotions into words really just gives it a whole new perspective. Anyways, um, other things I have been doing, um, like 10 minute meditations sometimes, sometimes I do longer ones. You really gotta know what's good for you that day. Um, some yoga and stretching. This has definitely been helping. So lately, and by lately, again, this is all very recent. This is the place that I'm at right now, but I'm actually properly training for a half marathon right now. I found a friend who's going to do it with me. I ran a 10K last weekend. Next weekend, I'm running a 12K. My body feels prepared. My mind feels prepared. And uh, I just, I, I'm actually going to do it this time. So I'm really trying to do everything that I can so I don't get hurt in the process because I'm really scared of getting injuries and stuff and not being able to run anymore. And I'm the kind of person who always forgets to stretch and she's just not very careful when it comes to these things. So I was like, Carolina, get your shit together. I've been stretching every day before bed and it's been amazing. Like it hasn't even been a hard habit to like implement because it just makes me feel so good. And I go to bed feeling so much more calm and so much more so much less tense, honestly. It's been doing wonders to me, so I'm not letting go of that. And now I've started to do squats along with my stretches because if, well, squats are like good for um, <laughs> your knees, essentially. I'm trying to not fuck up my knees in the process of running. I know that it's very easy to fuck up your knees from running, and running is probably not the greatest sport for your body. Um, so I'm doing all this to prevent my body from falling into pieces, but no, but literally it's, um, it's pretty hard on your body. So it's good to watch out for your body and take care of yourself and do the right stretches. So for example, this is what I'm talking about, self-awareness. Like the other day when I did the 10K run, I was pretty sore afterwards and specifically in some places that I hadn't stretched properly because I hadn't done the stretch for them. And... I did some yoga for the place that was hurting. It was specifically like my hips and lower back and I found out the stretch that I needed. And because I was paying attention to how my body was feeling, I, the next day I was feeling amazing after stretching and didn't hurt anymore. And probably if I would have ignored it, it would have turned into maybe something serious. And today when I would have gone on my run, I would have definitely noticed that. But, and now I know that's a more problematic area, so I'll work on it more often. See what I'm talking about? You really just got to check on yourself, man. But anyways, stretching, some yoga, always great. Um, the squats thing, too. 
it's always good to watch out for your knees. Um, and yeah, the other thing that I usually put is water and then whatever kind of exercise I'm doing that day. Maybe I'm just going for a short walk or a run or I'm doing like kind of workout or, you know, or just some yoga, whatever I'm doing, I will put it into the list and I will fill it out throughout the day. So that's the other healthy habit that I've implemented. And now another thing that I wanted to talk about in all of this self-love language and I was talking about being self-aware and I know I've talked about this like a million times but it's really important to it's a skill really and you have to work on it over time and uh, last weekend for example I was feeling like literal shit. This is related to my last episode that I talked about how I quit social media for a month. But this is again social media getting to me. Because I realized during that month how social media affected me as I'm actually, I have learned to better manage it now. And it doesn't get to me as much. And when it pisses me off, I just delete it. Like minimum inconvenient. Like the, the, the littlest inconvenience. I'll just delete it. I don't care because I, I know my friends don't need it to speak to me. They all know that I'm like either not on social media or always deleting it. So they know what to text me through WhatsApp or iMessage. And I FaceTime my friends all the time. So I'm really not worried about that anymore. So it's good that I've learned how it affects me so I can manage it better because I do want to still have it in my life. I don't want to fully delete it, but I don't want to have it control my life and my feelings. But anyways, last weekend, so essentially it's pretty hard to cut people off your life. And honestly, the hardest part sometimes is like the more subtle parts that they're in your life. You know, people are always going to be connected to you in some way and social media always makes sure that everyone is always connected, even if you cut them off. You're still going to be able to see this person's stories. So someone, um, some people were posting stuff and um, it was straight up upsetting me. And it's not even their fault, but it was just upsetting me. And I was really feeling bad about it, like to the extent that I was getting really depressed because of it. It was affecting my body badly. And I was on FaceTime with my best friend and she was like, no, this isn't it you are going to do an Instagram cleanse because that morning I got so pissed that I just deleted Instagram. I'm actually at a pretty good point with Instagram right now. It wasn't pissing me off at all. She was like, no, this isn't it. You can't be deleting social media because other people, like, no, like you've cut these people off of your life, cut them off of your Instagram. They've been pissing you off for a while this weekend. They've been pissing you off even more. Let's just take it off. And she literally logged into my Instagram through her computer and she cleansed it. <laughs> she went through my following and she was like, okay, who do you want to unfollow? And then she, I just went, yes, no, yes, no. And um, it was so great. I realized that I had been feeling so anxious, like going into the app. I realized I just did say that I was in a good standpoint with it, but I think that one of the reasons I was uncertain to going into it and going and downloading it again was because I knew I would see certain people's stories and I knew his, how they would make me feel. So shout out to my best friend <laughs> because really sometimes you can't be self like aware all the time. You can't be perfect. Um, 
and it's good to have people that give you those checks so you know how to better manage things by yourself. With that said, I also want to add that there's all this pressure nowadays to be super perfect and be doing all these new habits and stuff like that. And I want to make sure that you guys do know that this is the highlights. I'm not always doing this shit. I'm not superwoman. Um, yesterday, I didn't stretch at all. <laughs> I was too fucking lazy and too tired. And honestly, you don't have to do it every fucking day. You don't have to be perfect every day. If it makes you feel good, do it, you know, and take care of yourself. But you don't have, like, some days you could just not do anything and you don't have to feel guilty about it. I do want to say that because I do feel like I feel guilty about not doing it. And it's like, what's the point? I'm not perfect. I have a life. Like, let it, let it be. So that's actually it. Um, yeah, that's it for today's episode. I just want to talk a little bit about this topic. I think it's so important and I think I've been learning a lot about it and it's been making me feel really good. So I hope that you guys can learn something from it and start taking better care of yourselves. Or else, I'm joking, but really. um, Take care of yourselves and um, learn how to take care of yourselves, which is a lifelong skill to work on. But we should all start learning now. Anyways, Thank you for listening. You can find me on Instagram at introspection the podcast, and you can rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash teenintrospection. Again, thank you so much for listening.